Welcome back to the Truth Leader Experience podcast. So there's some more things that are kind of Girl Scout basics. If we're calling the past two uniform episodes, Uniforms 101 and Uniforms 102, then we also like three weeks ago had uniform or i'm sorry uh girl scout basics so that'd be like girl scouts 101 and this would be like girl scouts 102 okay so i there's some things that i didn't talk about but also i do want to dip a little bit into gsle basics and basically if this is your first episode welcome i'm so glad you're here this is the time of year that i like find a bunch of new people or a bunch of new people find me. Whether you're new to Girl Scouts or just new to this podcast, I just want to make sure that not all of the content we're putting out at this time of year is like in the weeds for like really experienced volunteers. I want to also have some like more Girl Scout basics stuff. That's traditionally really the bulk of what this podcast has been, but then we also are willing to go deeper. We also talk about the research, um, but it's been really accessible and I feel like because I'm doing this Ask Me Anything series in our standard Tuesday episodes, some of those questions are really like very much if you already know what you're talking about. So I think it's important to have a balance. And I apologize for drinking throughout this episode, but I'm going to be real with you. This is the fourth one in a row I have um, recorded. I have been recording for about three a little over three hours um, and when all is said and done because I like started the first one and then I started it over. So I've literally been recording for like three and a half hours um, in a row. I've been talking a lot. You can hear it in my voice. I'm also trying to hydrate as I go. Um, but yes, that all... Um, I just want to make sure that I get this content to you in a timely fashion while you are still, you know, starting up the year. This is back to troop season and in the spirit of September and being back to school and back to troop, I want to cover some of this stuff. So, um, like I said, we did an episode. The first one in this little series is like Girl Scout basics. We're talking about like the structure of Girl Scouts and what the heck we're doing here. Then um, we did two episodes about uniforms and insignia. And so now I want to like talk about some more of the like, welcome to Girl Scouts. <laughs> this is like a whole other culture. Like, what have I entered here? There's like a lot going on. So some things that I did not cover in that first Girl Scout Basics, but I really think are important include, um, I didn't talk about the Girl Scout hand sign, which is, um, if you weren't a girl member or you don't know, it's like holding up your three fingers, like your pointer finger, your middle finger, and your ring finger, and then holding your pinky down with your thumb and your three fingers that are sticking up are pressed together. So um, depending on your finger acrobatics, it might be a little stiff or it might hurt, but you want to push those three fingers together. Um, and yeah, and then you will like hold it up with your palm facing outward. That is the Girl Scout hand sign. Now, like when the heck do you use this? So there's a couple of times you might use it. First of all, it's just like a symbol that would help you recognize that's a Girl Scout symbol. But also if you are like saying the Pledge of Allegiance at a Girl Scout event, you might put like your hand over your heart and then hold up the Girl Scout symbol with your other hand. Um, if you are saying the Girl Scout promise and law, you would just hold up the hand sign. Uh, you don't need to put your hand over your other hand over your heart, but you just hold up the, the Girl Scout hand sign. 
when you shake hands to meet another Girl Scout for the first time, the Girl Scout handshake, we do have an official handshake, and that is to hold up the hand sign with one hand and then you shake hands with the other hand, right? Um, so both people hold up the hand sign to each other like, hello, Girl Scout, nice to nice to meet you or nice to greet you if I already know you, right? That's like the, the official Girl Scout handshake. Um, so yeah, that's like a good one to know. Um, there's also a tradition of um, like circle in Girl Scouts where you circle up and you put your right hand over your left hand and you like cross them across your body or I guess your right arm over your left arm and you like cross them across your body and then you hold hands with the person on either side of you. So um, standing with your arms crossed like that in a circle and then um, sometimes we'll do like a checkout that way or sing a song. Often we'll sing make new friends in that position. Sometimes we'll do a friendship squeeze where one person starts the squeeze and it just goes all the way around the circle. You just like gently squeeze each other's hands and like the wave but it like goes around the circle when you're standing in in friendship circle that's what that's called when your arms are crossed like that in the in the friendship circle and then um we will turn out which is where you without letting go of each other's hands you lift your arms up over your head and then you turn all the same direction which unwinds your hands and yeah that um that would uh, turn you out. And then you often, everyone will go, woo, and you let go once you're facing outward. And that's like the way to close out. It's like a tradition to close out an event or a meeting. Girls love this. So that's a really, really great way to end the meeting. Um, so if you're not already doing that, you should do it. Lots and lots of troops all over the country and the world are doing that. And it's just like a fun thing to do. Plus, then when your girls are at an event or a meeting or whatever with like other Girl Scouts, when they do that, those girls are going to know and understand where that came from. So that's definitely part of it. Um, I'm trying to think because there was something I mentioned in the previous episode that I was like, ah, I didn't even talk about this. Let me think about that real quick. Ah, uh, yes, of course, the logo, right? So um, insignia, we were talking about that. So logos, colors, that kind of thing. So Girl Scouts does have, of course, official branding. And this is so that there's brand recognition out in the world when you see or interact with or experience official Girl Scout branding that is going to like build brand recognition and awareness to the general public. Hey, I know that that is an official Girl Scout thing. Also, um, it helps us recognize what is official and what is unofficial. So there are official Girl Scout colors, like literally down to the exact shade of green that official Girl Scout green. So that is an actual like official brand color. There's official fonts. There's um, obviously like the official logo. There's um, <laughs> there's actually kind of like multiple logos. So you might have seen or you might be familiar with um, any iteration of the logo that has two like pro or three profile faces. Um, that's actually like an old logo now, but there's a couple versions of it. There's like the version from circa the 90s. There's the version from the 2000s. And then it's been, um, I believe it's been officially like retired, um, but it might have only been retired in certain contexts. So you still might see it in some places, um, that official logo that has like the profiles of the girls looking to the side. That's an official Girl Scout logo. And then um, sometimes you're going to see just the actual logo 
mark, like just that image, that little um, graphic, sometimes it's going to be the whole logo where it has that and the word Girl Scouts. Um, sometimes it's going to be a council mark. So it's going to have that logo plus the word Girl Scouts plus the council name. Um, and sometimes you're going to see it uh, abbreviated. So it'll be like that logo plus the abbreviation of the council. And um, and then there's also like honestly it's usually actually going to be reversed so it'll have like the name the official girl scouts name or like council name and then actually up and off to the side then you're going to see like a little trefoil or trefoil which we mentioned in the previous episode which um that like profiles version of the logo is in a trefoil shape but there's also like a solid trefoil the solid trefoil i believe at this point is the working like official logo that's the logo that's solid trefoil now technically because that's considered official we don't just go around using that logo or pasting it all over things that is really considered like official branding so it's things that either come from gsusa or your council or it's um approved by them so girls could draw it like that's not unacceptable but if you were gonna like create a um like flyer or a graphic for social media or something like that. If it has, if you want to put the logo on it, you actually have, uh, should go through the proper channels and get that approved by your council marketing team. And that just ensures that um, the brand is being represented the way that Girl Scouts would officially approve it being <laughs> represented. Um, they just want to be protective of that because, of course, if like anybody could just paste their logo on things, then it could be pasted on things that would not fit the brand values so that's kind of how that goes um so yeah so anyway so there's like a couple versions of the logo and some official colors and there's some rules and restrictions about how to use the logo but if you're going to just like put it on a shirt like some some troops will even do a thing where they'll like spray paint shirts together for example as a activity and like with fabric spray paint and they will put you know like a stencil down on the shirt and then everybody will individually spray them that's probably fine like you could use the girl scout logo for that that's probably fine but if you were going to sell something you cannot put the logo on it if you were going to so you'll notice like in my shop troopleadertees.com there's nothing with the official girl scout logo on it i am not a licensed vendor so therefore i'm not like violating any trademark stuff in my shop and i take that really seriously that's really important to me but um i would love to become an official vendor in which case then i would have to get any of those um designs that incorporate the official logo they'd have to be like approved in order for it to be officially licensed merch if that makes sense so that's kind of like the story there and then um again flyers and things like that like there definitely are people who make flyers and like throw the logo on there. But technically, if you're going to be like distributing it to the public, you really need to get that approved by your council or to go through council channels and have them like design one for you. So um, just make sure that they're OK with how you're using any of the branding stuff. So, yeah. OK. And the same thing goes, by the way, just for using the name Girl Scouts. Um, 
you should have to get that approved by council. You cannot sell anything uh, that says Girl Scouts. You cannot like you can just make troop tees. You totally can. But to sell them, you need to get approval. So that's kind of how that works. And then um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about like the structure of the program and how how things go. So there are official badges. We talked about that. We talked a little bit about kind of how journeys are structured. We didn't really talk about how the official badges are structured. And if you remember, I've I've mentioned that there's official badges by grade level. And then there's also the fun patches, which may have requirements and they may just be participation. And there's no like rules on those, except that they go on the back of the uniform, on the back of the vest or the back of the sash. The official level badges are from GSUSA and they um each specific level has like a corresponding sim like symbol I guess or shape of badge and um the Girl Scout branding these days really incorporates those kind of like badge symbols into their branding so you'll notice like on their social media graphics and stuff like they have these different like official colors that are kind of like pastel-y sort of um and they are in shapes that kind of look like badges so each level has like a corresponding badge shape so for example like daisies are literally shaped like a flower brownies are triangles and the triangles like fit together juniors are circles um and so on and so forth so i think cadets are diamonds um so yeah anyways you get the point so they have these corresponding shapes depending on the level. And so all of the official badges are going to be shaped like that. And yeah, anyhow, those badges that are level specific, they are all kind of structured the same way. So generally speaking, they're going to have, well, brownies enough are gonna have five requirements some of the daisy badges have three requirements so they're like a little bit more accessible because girls are younger but from brownies and up they have five steps to achieve that badge and one thing that's really important and interesting about the girl scout program is that they have badge requirements that gsusa wrote that's based on research and we're going to talk a little bit more about that but it's based on research but you don't have to do those requirements in that exact way and definitely not in that exact order in order to have earned the badge. So <laughs> generally speaking, the way that the badge work is written, if you like look at the actual badge requirements in detail, there's like five steps and each of those five steps has like two or three options to achieve that step and then um at the end there's like objectives like you'll know a girl has earned this badge when she can do this 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 and this um and it just depends on what the badge like subject matter is right so it might be something along the lines of she can explain this topic to someone else. She can differentiate X, Y, and Z. She feels confident about A, B, and C. And um, she did. Uh, she met somebody who does something related to this subject matter, right? Like whatever. Um, there's like some objectives listed out. And so really... 
if you have achieved those objectives, then it doesn't really matter what steps you actually took to achieve those objectives. So that's one way to think about earning badges in like a creative way is you can look at the objectives that she, a girl should have accomplished in order to earn that badge. And you can do any five steps that achieve those goals. Similarly, you can look at the five steps that they've listed out. And instead of using their suggestions for how to complete that step, you could do your own thing. So if the step is um, <laughs> build something, like let's say it's like construction oriented or engineering oriented. So one of the things is they have to build a model and then there's suggestions for different models they can build in that step. You could pick a totally different model and they could build that instead. Um, that would count. If, you know, one of the steps is to... Um, like let's say for like the a badge about independence gaining independence one of the steps might be something about going out on the town and the suggestions might be plotting a route it might be taking public transportation it might be going to a significant place in your community, all of those would count for going out on the town. Now, it's possible that none of the things that are listed as an option for that step are realistic for your group, or you might just want to be creative, in which case you can pick anything that constitutes going out on the town and you can call it good. <laughs> okay, so you could take a walk together and play I Spy. You could drive around and do a driving tour. You could like whatever, it would still count as going out on the town. Down. You can call that good. Okay. So you can make that up. But any version of adapting the requirements for your girl's interests, skills, geographic location, culture, faith traditions, um, anything that may, their socioeconomic conditions, their um, physical or mental, like, disabilities or different circumstances like you can adapt literally any of it to make it accessible for your girls and you could still call it earning the badge now there's no as much as i've said there's no uniform police there's also no badge police which means you could just go online order a bunch of badges put them on the uniform call them earned. Nobody's checking you don't have to turn in requirements to anybody you don't have to prove it to anybody it does not stinking matter. Literally, if you want to just buy them, you can just call it earned. So, okay. But technically, you should be working somehow to earn those badges. How you work to earn those badges is kind of up to you, but you're given these like guidelines from GSUSA, and then you can adapt the guidelines however you need to. Some people really struggle with adapting the badges. They don't want to have to do it themselves. They want a cookie cutter program that they can follow a script and follow a guideline and just like, just tell me what the steps are and I just want to check off the boxes. Like, can we just please follow a very specific guide? If that's you, they have those guides available for you. They have done research, they have done the work, they have put together focus groups. There's all these different resources out there for specific troop um plans, okay, for, for meeting plans or event plans to earn specific badges. That all exists, okay? So you can do that. If you love 
planning curriculum, creating things, or if you just generally don't love the plans that are available and you know you can do better, you can do something more exciting and fun, or your girls aren't going to like it the way it's written, but you know your girls really well, so you want to like adapt it, then if that's fun for you, you can do that. There's also a version uh, that a lot of troops are doing, but is not required where the girls are responsible for planning the different steps of the badge. You could have a girl plan all the steps for a specific badge and then they lead it. You could have individual girls take on individual steps. Like if there's five steps, you could have each girl take a step and be responsible for doing that. You could do it that way. You could have girls split into committees and plan badges together. There's lots of different ways you could have the girls like actually plan the badge work um, or you can just lead it. All of all of those versions are correct. <laughs> okay. So any iteration of that counts. The gray area drives some people crazy, but officially from the mouths of GSUSA, it is totally correct to do things your own way it, and to adapt the program and to create, design your own thing and do your own thing. That's totally completely allowed. So this is going to have to be the last one I record tonight, even though I have more things I want to talk about. But let's just get to it. So this is where GSLE comes into play. So I've mentioned this like kind of weird abbreviated keyword on these different like episodes, these bonus episodes. I talk about it on this podcast a lot. GSLE is my favorite thing about the way the program is structured today. And this is where I feel like, yes, the training talks about this, but it doesn't um, kind of reiterate it or like drill it in for volunteers as much as it could, depending. And some volunteers like have never heard of this. And that's like, really, there's been a ball dropped, right? Like you really, really missed something from your council, like your council really somehow dropped the ball or you just were disconnected from your council somehow that you did not get this um, reiterated to you. But basically, GSLE is the scientific process, the evidence-based research that has built this foundational framework for the program. So the suggestions for earning the badges and even what the topics are of the badges and the journeys and the way the journeys are structured and then high awards, which we haven't even touched, <laughs> those are all built with this framework laying underneath it. Like it's all built based on this framework. And so if you know the framework really, really well, then you don't have to follow their plans. You can create your own plans that are either just as impactful or even more impactful for your girls having these long-term proven impact. And it's still considered Girl Scouting, even though you're making up your own thing because it's based on the framework. So there's so much research that we could dig into that gets very, very deep in the weeds of what girls are up against and what women, you know, what the gaps are for like gender gaps for like adults for women and but also for girls where that happens in the different age ranges, how different elements of Girl Scout programming contributes to different outcomes that help close those gaps and on and on and on and on. But we're going to go over some like high level things in this episode and I'm going to try to stay as high level as possible, but I like really love this stuff. So sometimes it's kind of hard for me. So one like key aspect, or I guess two key aspects of this are these concepts called the three keys to leadership 
and then the processes, the three processes by which we achieve these three keys to leadership. So it's two sets of three things that if you keep these top of mind and you're doing these three things, then you're doing Girl Scouts, right? Like high level, that's the truth. So the three keys to leadership are discover, connect, and take action. Now, these are like basically three categories of different types of programming and initiatives and like programmatic elements that achieve specific outcomes that help close gender gaps when it comes to things like confidence and self-esteem and healthy relationships with ourselves, with others, um, how we engage with our communities, and so on and so forth. And that's where we can really, really get in the weeds. And we have on this podcast, and we definitely will again. Um, but in this episode, just just know that's what those d- things are based on, is like categories for achieving specific outcomes. So we're discovering, connecting, and take action, taking action. And in the spirit of being really effective with um, healthy relationships with ourselves, healthy relationships with others, and our role in of taking action in our community to like make the world a better place. Okay. So discover, connect, take action. Then there's this other side. So those are the three keys to leadership, the three processes by which we achieve those three keys to leadership. And this is like the how, how we do things. Those three things are cooperative learning, hands-on learning or learning by doing you'll hear it called both things but um so cooperative learning is the first one hands-on learning slash learning by doing is the second one and the third one is girl led okay cooperative learning is going to be anything that's related to these relationships with others right it's like anything we have to work together on um our hands-on learning or learning by doing that's like that kinesthetic learning like the girls are in the thick of it they're not just like reading about it or watching something about it or sitting and hearing a lecture about it they're like actually in it doing it hands-on okay and then girl led is going to be um where so this gets a little fuzzy. And I have a girl led in this like bat. I think it, it came out this month. There's an ask me anything where I like dove into girl led. And so what I want to say about girl led is that what it actually is, <laughs> what it actually means is it's based on these child development specialists have this school of thought about child led learning and child led learning means giving a child autonomy over their learning, over their decision making, over their role in how they show up in the world and the things that they participate in, that they are active participants in those things and not being like dictated to uh, as we tend to kind of think about how children exist in the world. It's this whole I, I had a guest on who kind of talked about this and she her whole like shtick is like treating kids like they're people. So This whole idea of like child-led youth development has to do with kids being autonomous participants in their life experiences, in their lived experiences, in the things that happen to them. They are active participants in being part of that. That's what child-led means. Girl-led is adapting that concept specifically to Girl Scout principles. And the way we think about our girl members is like girl-led. 
instead of child-led, right? So it's the same principle in the school of thought of like youth development that girls are active participants in the programming that happens to them. Um, and they have, they're autonomous people. They are like part of their decision-making process. They like take ownership and autonomy and like personal power in Girl Scouts. And part of the reason this is so extra important, it's important for all kids. And that's why child-led learning is important in education, in like camp programs, in any youth serving anything. Child-led is going to be like an important element of that. You're even seeing that, by the way, show up at like um, these same principles, show up at like children's museums, science centers, um, those kind of things where kids go and they're participating in like youth program, any summer camp that's not like Girl Scout summer camp. Um, obviously in education, we're seeing like movement. And, well, <laughs> we're seeing some advocates for this. There's definitely like in public education, there's also a movement against it, right? But uh, against some of these principles. But generally speaking, in these kind of like youth serving environments you're seeing these same three principles of like cooperative learning hands-on learning slash learning by doing and child-led which in girl scouts is girl-led but specifically in a girl specific environment girl-led is really important specifically because although it's important for all children girls specifically girl children specifically are less likely than boy children to be able to participate in child-led experiences. So it's really, really more important than ever in an all-girl experience like Girl Scouts for girls to be able to have the freedom and the opportunity away from gendered gendered roles and environments um, in a co-ed environment. They're not going to have the same experience, but in an all-girl environment, to have the opportunity to to have these kind of experiences and this sort of development among only other girls. Now, I understand if you are like super progressive and up on the things and <laughs> the stuff, then you're you're in the right place. Um, I understand I'm talking in a gender binary here. I'm talking about girl children and boy children. Now, a big part of the reason why is because the conversation around this has been very, very gendered um and um and gender binary structure like the research has been done in a gender binary structure now from my understanding of the research what i also know is true is that you could go so far as to say non-boy children but that feels very negative and exclusive so we don't generally refer to it that way but basically like all children who are not boys <laughs> would also fall into the same category of needing an experience without boys in order to participate in these experiences and in this kind of youth development opportunity. So, and, and to use these processes, these three processes in an environment without boy children. So it's true for all girls, including trans girls, from a like psychological perspective, there is research around this, but also children who identify as gender fluid or who may not identify on a gender binary at all, but like somewhere else, um, you know, off of that like very limited uh, binary, they may identify somewhere else or anywhere on a spectrum or not even on a spectrum at all, but like as a 
third or fourth or fifth or sixth um, identity. So all all of those identities also really need these experiences. Now, I think that there's also something to be said for there are children who do not identify on a gender binary. I, I'm including trans girls and trans boys to some extent in a gender binary, even though it even though it, so <laughs> they would fall in both categories to me as to, as to counting in a gender binary that a trans girl is a girl and a trans boy is a boy, but also um, trans boys and trans girls also really would benefit just like kids who don't fall on the gender binary. Um, all of those children also need spaces outside of a gender binary. They do. They need a safe space outside of a gender binary for best ideal optimum development, the safest, freest environment for them to have those ex those developmental experiences would include a space that is not gender binary. Um, and that includes co-ed spaces because co-ed spaces based on social norms are gendered in the binary. OK, so when boys and girls are present, there will be socially a gender binary. So I believe in advocating for kids who do not belong, identify with, and when I say belong, obviously they should be welcome and included, but um, they don't identify with the gender binary they also deserve to have a safe space that is dedicated to not being a binary space um, because everything about their existence is living within a binary space. So similarly, but on a less extreme uh, example, because most things are on a binary, Girl Scouts also exists on a binary. Um, girls and non-boy children need to have a space without boy children, okay? And I'm going to go ahead and speak in a binary because Girl Scouts is literally called Girl Scouts. It is it is based on a binary system. It is definitely a binary, like girl is an identity and all kids who identify as girls are eligible to be girl members. By the way, there's an official GSUSA statement on that. Now, there isn't an official GSUSA statement on children who do not identify in a binary um but like on a binary system there are there is no official statement on that that gets like fuzzier depends on what's right for that girl based on their own preferences and their family's um preferences and their communities like what's safe for them and what's going to be the best possible situation for them if the best possible situation for them is girl scouts then yes they are like welcome and included members if that's not the best place for them if that's not where they want to be and it's not where they identify and that's not what they want to do then like it's not the best place for them right like that that's also allowed so Anyways, all of that to say, I kind of want, I've like, I've been dancing around this issue on this podcast for a while. So if you're brand new here and you're like, whoa, girl, like what is happening? Yeah, I know that happens on this podcast sometimes. That's me. <laughs> that's, that's how I roll. I try very hard to really be the, just like the best possible high impact leader for this community as possible. And like that includes sometimes getting like into the thick of these things. But really what I'm trying to say to like dial it all the way back to these GSLE basics is that girl children all girl children 
need a space without boy children in order to participate in these processes, these and these three keys to leadership that is um, so beneficial according to the research, to their personal development, because all of the spaces that they exist in outside of like Girl Scouts or all girl environments, all the rest of the spaces that they are part of, their gender role is going to influence their leadership development. So while it's great that Scouts BSA has offered some really meaningful experiences for girl children and for all children, um, now, <laughs> it's also there is still a need in addition to that for all girl environments. So the research shows that boy children benefit from most from a co-ed environment. That's the best possible environment for them to thrive and to develop as far as their like personal and youth development goes. Their brain development is best served in an environment with girls. But girls get the most benefit, the most emotional and mental development in when they have access to an all-girl space. That doesn't mean they only belong to all-girl spaces. They need to have an all-girl space to thrive. And again, when I say all-girl space, I want to be very clear that that includes trans girls. And that includes children who may not identify in the binary, who feel they personally belong in this space. They want to be there. They enjoy it. They do not necessarily thrive with emotional and mental safety in just normal everyday life <laughs> with boys and men. And... They therefore um, are drawn to this all girl, quote unquote, all girl environment, right? I'm including all of those children. So we need this space for girls to pursue this leadership development opportunity away from boys. That's really what it comes down to um, in binary speak. So, with all that being said, Girl-led is extra important in the context of Girl Scouts beyond just child-led, which is what we're seeing in all youth development spaces as a school of thought of being really, really critical for child development, for all children's development. Um, but girl-led specifically in an all, again, quote unquote, all-girl environment is extra important because girls get additional benefits from being in this environment that they wouldn't get elsewhere. So the impact of quote-unquote girl-led is even greater than the impact of child-led for girls. <laughs> okay, we're doing our best here. Okay, so when we're talking about child-led slash girl-led, when we're talking about it in the context of Girl Scouts of like what is girl-led, it can mean that girls run meetings, okay? And that's something you're going to hear if you haven't heard that already, if you're new um, to Girl Scouts. You're definitely going to hear that as the explanation of like, meetings should be girl-led. Everything about your troop should be girl-led. Therefore, they should be running the meetings. They should be making all the decisions. They should, yeah, okay. That is a version of implementing girl-led principles. But girl-led is really rooted in the child-led mentality, which means 
that your girl members, the girls in your troop, should have autonomy and personal power at Girl Scouts. That does not necessarily mean they have to lead the meetings. They definitely can. They definitely can. And if that's what your girls want to do, and that's what you want to do, and that's what your environment of your troop is, because that's what you want it to be collectively as a community, that is absolutely correct. Also, it does not have to look like that. And I will die on this hill, okay? This is something I will continue to reiterate until I'm blue in the face because really the people who are advocating for that version of girl-led do not actually understand what girl-led is or why it's important. Now, I have a whole other episode from this month that has come out that's an Ask Me Anything that's about the principles of girl-led. But really what it comes down to as like a recap is again, like autonomy and personal power. That means that girls get to make decisions. Girls get to feel like their thoughts are represented. They get to feel seen and heard. They are influencing the culture and the community that your troop is building. They are contributors, not just participants, right? Sometimes, because this is a leadership development program, Girl Scouts literally is a leadership development program, that's going to look like us helping them take on leadership roles that might mean um, some some aspects of leadership might mean like people management. It might mean like leading committees, right? It might mean speaking in front of crowds. But that is not the only way to be a leader, okay? That is not the only way to have leadership. And this is so, so, so important because this is going to carry over into the rest of girls' lives. It is so important that we have more women in representation of CEOs. It is so important that we have more women represented in Congress. It is so important that we have more women represented in our legal system as judges and lawyers. It is so important that we have a woman in the White House, right? That is so important from a representation standpoint. But also, girls and women who do not aspire to any of those careers can still be very strong leaders. And that means when we talk about leadership, we're looking at, again, being contributors and not just participants. It means having a really strong set of core values and understanding who they are and who they want to be, right? What are their values? What are their priorities? What are positive things in their mind? What is a positive value or a positive trait? What is negative? What is dangerous? What is risky? What is harmful or hurtful to other people or animals or the planet, right? Where are their values? They have values and they have a very strong set of values and that's part of their personal identity. They know who they are. They know who they want to be. Therefore, they know who they want to surround themselves with and who they're going to let influence them or not influence them. They can have healthier relationships with themselves and with other people because they have the personal power and the autonomy to show up and make good decisions for themselves, to take care of themselves, to take care of others, and to take care of their planet and their community. So that's what girl-led means. It is leadership to make a decision that is right for you. It is leadership to make a decision that is taking good care of yourself. It is leadership not to throw your trash out the window because you don't want to litter. It is leadership to look around and see what problems there are in your community or in your household or in your body or whatever, and then to take action to make change that is sustainable and lasting. That's leadership, regardless of whether they want to stand in front of a room and lead a meeting, 
regardless of whether they want to lead a company or the country one day. Leadership does not have to look like that. That's not even what leadership means. And part of the reason why volunteers are not equipped necessarily to know that without resources like this and training that really helps us understand this is because most of us as volunteers are women or non-binary. And shout out to the men who are listening to this because I know there are some men who listen to this and men who are doing this work and who are listening, if you're still listening and you're a man, if you're still listening to this podcast by this point, then in the episode, then especially if you've listened to multiple episodes and you're this far in this episode, then it's because you so believe in helping girls have this autonomy and personal power that if you have a daughter in your troop, that this is what you want for your kid. This is what you want for her life, right? This is what you want for her in her body, in her brain, in her community, in her future, that, <laughs> that she's even going to have a planet, right? Like, this is what you want for her and you believe in it so badly that, that you will volunteer your time and effort into a program like this to make this possible for her. That is what we're doing here, right? And so those of us even who are women, or non-binary, who, or gender fluid, or any of the above, or anything that I haven't listed as an identity, um, the bulk of us volunteering for this organization, the bulk of us as troop leaders are identifying as women, right? And the reason why we struggle sometimes with being equipped to know what this concept means is because we don't have it either, <laughs> right? That gap exists. So what we're trying to do is close a gap that we are experiencing. And that is tough when it comes to STEM. And that is tough, like science, technology, engineering, and math. That is tough when it comes to um, financial literacy. Like These are elements of this program that I haven't even talked about, but like these are like the core values, the subject matter in this uh, sustainability, all of this um, that are part of this program. Part of the reason why it's part of this program is because that's where the gender gap is. But we're experiencing the gender gap. So how am I supposed to help a girl learn basic physics concepts when I don't know basic physics concepts? Similarly, how are we best equipped to help girls become leaders and to develop leadership skills if we don't even understand what leadership means? And that's part of what we're doing here on this podcast is we're trying to help close the gap in having some more support in that way for us as adults to be able to help kids develop that younger, to learn that younger, to learn that sooner and faster and better and more effectively so that they will have the personal power and the autonomy to make better decisions than we did for themselves and for each other and for this planet than we have so that their future will be better than our present. That is the whole goal. Okay, so hopefully you agree. Hopefully you feel fired up, even if I lost you for a little bit in that gender conversation of like, oh, what the heck are we doing here? Because just as a side note, like if you are new to this podcast, you may not know this, but if well, maybe you've gotten the impression. But if you have been listening, you know, I've been struggling with this gender thing for a while because I am such a huge believer in true diversity and true equity and true inclusion and true DEI. When it comes to gender. In an organization literally called Girl Scouts, <laughs> girl in the name, is tough. That's tough. Um, and I so do 
believe in dismantling the patriarchy. And part of that means having spaces and opportunities to have these conversations to better the lives of women. But I don't just mean women. I really mean all people because it also affects um, literally everybody, including boys and men. And so, <laughs> right, it starts to make you crazy, right? It starts to like really make you spiral and spin of like, there's just like so much to it. How do I do this well? And so, yeah, for the sake of this podcast, for keeping it simple, for keeping it clear, for whatever, I could use this limited binary language. But here's the thing, that's dangerous. And I know it's dangerous. And I don't want to be dangerous and I don't want to be harmful and I don't want to continue to cause more harm and to be having a conversation that isn't the most forward-thinking, innovative conversation we could be having. I don't want to have the safe conversation. I want to have the brave conversation. I want to have the big conversation because that's what our girls are having. That's the conversations our girls are having. That's what the world that our girls are living in and growing up in. So we aren't serving them to the fullest capacity if we aren't also, as adults, able to have those conversations. And I will readily say, I am trying. I am trying so hard. And sometimes I fall short and sometimes I misstep and sometimes I misspeak and sometimes I am accidentally continuing to perpetuate the systems and the processes that I've been raised in and socialized in and I am a part of. And so therefore I am continuing them and I don't even realize how I'm continuing them until it's pointed out to me. So with all of that being said, if you are listening to this and there is something in the way I articulated something or something I haven't addressed or thought of that definitely needs to be addressed, for the sake of children's and adults' safety and well-being, please let me know because I want to continue to do better. I want to continue to learn and grow. And um, I will definitely bring it up in future. Or if this is something you're an expert on, because I'm definitely not an expert on this element. I am, I think it's safe to say at this point, I am an expert on Girl Scouts, but specifically like LGBTQIA plus rights and safety. Um, I'm definitely not an expert on that. And if you are and you're listening and you want to come on and have a conversation on the podcast, I would love to have you because better from you than from me. And also, I'd love to learn from you. So, um, and I know there's a lot of other people in this community who would too. If you're new, welcome. Welcome to the wild ride. Not all of my episodes get this like into it <laughs> politically, but a lot of them do right? On this podcast, if you're new here, on this podcast, we talk about religious inclusivity because that's a big thing that comes up in Girl Scouts. We talk about um, like racial diversity and equity and we talk about Black Lives Matter and we talk about um, the violence going on in our schools and, and gun violence in this country in general and how it affects our kids. We talk about what it is that they're carrying with them when they come into our troop meetings because it's all of this. It's all of this. And yeah, we can ask them to glue popsicle sticks together, but we, in order to really, truly create a safe space for, I'm going to use the binary again, for girls to be girls, because it's called Girl Scouts, in order to create truly a safe space for girls to be girls, we have to understand that when they walk in the door to our troop meetings, they're carrying all of this on their shoulders. 
So that's why I talk about it on this podcast. If it's not for you, it's not for you. I'm not offended. That's okay. Um, it's not for everybody to be wanting and ready to have these conversations. Um, I would say I'm still going to help you with other things, right? I'm still going to help you with like, how do you run a parents meeting and how do you plan for your Girl Scout year and what are some creative ways to sell cookies? We're still going to talk about all those things too. So like I urge you to try to hang in there with me with an open mind for when I do go off on these things. If it makes you uncomfortable, try to hang in there with me because the other like kind of more surface stuff or like logistical stuff or tangible like strategic things like that's all still going to exist in this podcast. But this framework and these big, brave conversations, that is part of it too. And it's important that it's part of it. So try to have an open mind about it. But truly, if it's if it's truly, truly not for you, then, um, you know, thank you for joining me for this episode or however many you've listened to. And I'm sorry if you won't be coming back. But, um, and I wish that it was different. I wish that you would continue to come back. But if if it is for you, welcome. This is your place. These are your people. Definitely, if you're on Facebook and this is your thing, join our Facebook group because we are like-minded. It's a like-minded community in there. Um, and if you aren't sure, but you're uncomfortable or you're overwhelmed, just try to hang in there with me. Just try to hang in there with me. And, um, and I think we'll push each other. We'll push each other always to do better. And that's like one thing I can promise is that we're always going to be working to do better in this community. So, okay. Hopefully this has been helpful. I um, I do think there's probably a lot more we could do in this kind of like Girl Scout basics, like welcome to back to troop season. But in the spirit of September, I think this is like a really good four, four pack. <laughs> and uh, I have been talking now for like, oh man, almost uh, like over four hours. Um, so I'm going to go uh, be with my family and hydrate and eat something and do something else with my time. And um, just I really appreciate you for being here. Just as a reminder, the Facebook group is uh, you can just search for Troop Leader Experience, of course, but you can also um, on a computer, you can go to facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. That's the page. And then there's like a button to join the Facebook group. If you're not on Facebook, you can email me directly, girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a review. Now, if you hate this podcast and you're never coming back, please, by all means, do not leave me a review. It just hurts my feelings. I don't need that. But if you thought this was helpful, if you liked it, if you're going to keep listening, if you want to encourage me because you know these conversations are tough because you know when you have a conversation like this on the internet that you're going to get some responses that are not nice. So if if you want to give me something nice... <laughs> to read. Um, it really does mean the world. You can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a rating on Spotify. You can also reply on Spotify to individual episodes to talk about that actual individual episode. And I read all of those. So I would really, really love to hear from you. I really, really appreciate that. And um, unless you're mean, then I don't appreciate it. And you can just keep that review to yourself. <laughs> Um, unless you just want to help me do better than that, I will take. But yeah, anyways, so those are some ways to get in touch with me. Also, I do have, um, I'm also on Pinterest a little bit. I'm trying to do more on there, but I do have a Pinterest. So you can find the Troop Leader Experience over on Pinterest. And you also can shop our unofficial merch 
and even some digital downloads. I'm going to be adding more digital resources this year, but there are some digital downloads on there. Mostly it's merch, um, unofficial merch, like don't make me use my troop leader voice and I'm sorry for what I said during cookie season. All of that is in our shop. So it's troop leader tees, like T-E-E-S, like t-shirts, troopleadertees.com that will take you to the Etsy shop. So anyways, love you guys. Appreciate you. Welcome to Girl Scouts if you're new. Welcome to this podcast if you're new here. And um, if you're not new, either way, thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging in there with me. And I just appreciate you so, so much. We've been doing this podcast now since 2018. Can't believe that. Can't believe that. It's been a wild ride these past several years. Really, we've covered so, so much. I've met so many incredible people and I just... um, man, I really love it. So thank you so much for your time. And I will see you right here next week.